0: But it was amazing. I mean, of course, Sao Paulo FC is already well known worldwide, but at the same time, it's not, um, people don't speak about Sao Paulo or the Brazilian clubs as they should do, like we speak down here about the European clubs, you know, AC Milan, Manchester City United. And there is where the internationalization takes part. I mean, Okay, it it doesn't matter if you know São Paulo or Flamengo or Palmeiras because of something
1: in the...
2: Hi everyone and welcome back to the Sporting Global Podcast. And today I'm here with Camila Prando. And Camila, first of all, how are you? And thanks for taking the time.
0: Hi, Olen, thank you so much for the invitation of Sporting Global. I'm very excited to be here and having this chat with
2: you. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's our pleasure having you here. And first of all, we got to talk a little bit about your background. You know, love that city view. Tell me a little bit of where you are and I guess what can we see behind you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in São Paulo and like you can see like lots of uh, high buildings, yeah. uh, typical metropolitan cities. So, yeah. It's, it's
2: nice, you know, it's a big, big, big city life, you know, it's uh, do, you, do you enjoy the big city life or are you more of a I, I know you've been to Sweden a lot, too, which is a little bit more, you know, nature and a uh, little bit spread across the big buildings.
0: Yes, but I do love it. I mean, I love this dynamic and this, you know, yeah. everything happens in a high speed and uh, right. you just need to be a, a workaholic to make it good on uh, over here. So I, I really like it.
2: That's awesome. Well, I mean, like, isn't that where, why we're in sport, you know, like the fast pace, you know, day to day kind of like things happening all the time. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's obviously you have a cool background, a lot of cool stuff that we're going to talk about during the podcast. And, and I think like, you know, first and foremost, I just wanted to, you know, if you could share a little bit about your journey in the sport industry. Take us a little bit through like how it all started and, and your journey so far.
0: Yeah, of course. Well, everything started when I was nine, actually, uh, because it was when I moved from Brazil to Sweden with my family. Um, Yeah. And then I remember, you know, it was um, it was cool because I was like, okay, Sweden, what is it? I mean, a nine years old child uh, who doesn't know anything about geography and anything about the world. Yeah, Uh, so it was fun because when we moved to Sweden, it was uh, during the winter. So Mm. when I came over there, it was like, okay, facing one meter high snow and minus 20 degrees. I was like, oh, my God. Okay, I I just moved to a freeze, of course. Uh, So I got scared. That was my my first uh, reaction, I would say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, And my father, uh, he, he has been like in Sweden many times before, so he actually tried to tell me some things, but of course it's very different when yeah. you see it by yourself. Yeah. Uh, so so it was cool. My first first impression of Sweden was uh that I was arriving in a freeze. So I felt like uh, I don't know, like a meat or something that was going to be freeze for a while.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny.
0: well, yeah, and of course I didn't speak Swedish or English at all, just oh, wow. Portuguese. Yeah. Um but I mean, the education system in Sweden and the whole Scandinavia is just amazing. So I started to study um, directly and mm-hmm. of course I had special lessons with a translator um, to right. get to know and learn the language. And I actually learned Swedish in three months and wow. after six months, I was already fluently um, a fluently Swedish speaker. So,
2: so we're going to do got- this podcast now in like Norwegian and Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs>
0: yeah, and, and it was funny because yeah. um, just just to make it clear regarding football part, I was already playing in the uh, pauses I had in school with the guys, with the boys right. uh, here in Brazil. Uh, but at that time, it wasn't well seen, especially by parents. You know that a girl was playing football with the boys, yeah. and yeah. there we got into this matcha culture. Of course, unfortunately, uh, but luckily enough, you know, when I then moved to Sweden, I was already playing. So uh, right. the boys invited me to play with them. Uh, for example, is okay. You're Brazilian, so of course you should be playing football with us. And I was like, yeah. yes. Sure. And actually, well, after three weeks, I think it was, I got to know that at the neighborhood I was living in, um, they got a, a, a well-known football team
1: in right. Stockholm
0: called Yerla uh, called yeah. And uh, and then I actually called them. Just don't ask me how I asked to, to make a trial because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I wasn't good on Swedish or English. So you okay. know, I, I just made a mix the coach understood me and he said, okay, come that day and that time. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I need to tell my parents. And I did so. And they were like, okay, we go there and let's see. Right. And yeah. And then when I got there to the first training, I passed already and they were like, okay, welcome to the team. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, That's I'm going cool. to play football. So right. my journey started over there actually.
2: That's awesome. I mean, like it's uh... It's cool also, also to see kind of like the importance of sports, right? As as a integrating tool and like how important it is to kind of like, you know feel, I guess in a sense easier, uh, you know, coming into like you know a new, new place, you know, you know having the sport the ability to kind of like you know transition into into I guess like you know a, a new country, a new culture, uh, the freezer that you talked about that Scandinavia is very famous for in a sense but uh, but talk a little bit about I guess like from there going more into your professional you know career working in sports I think it's a little bit true like how that started and and so forth
0: yeah everything went very fast for me luckily yeah. um in 2009 actually uh, uh a coach from Hammar B saw me playing nice. so that's how I got there I mean Hammar B has until today I think the the biggest uh, I mean, the the highest amount of support is in Scandinavia. Yeah. Um, so at that time, it was like, oh, my gosh, so cool, of course. And right. then I went over there making, uh, like, two weeks of uh, trials as well. And I passed. So I played the Gatia Cup in Gothenburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Thanks. And, Thanks. yeah and we won, actually. Um, nice. Yeah, we became Sweden's best in 94 category at that time. So... Yeah. Yeah, and after that, I I played for a while in in the second division. Then I got back to the to big team again, so A Core A K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then that then I unfortunately had my first and very serious injury mm. in my right knee, LCA, right, uh, yeah, ACL and meniscus and everything. So I went directly to the surgery, and unfortunately. Um, they they made some mistakes so i got mm-hmm. like worse oh. and that's why i stopped playing yeah um and then i met marta of course everybody knows her she was playing in sweden that time yeah. so we had great mind talks mind. yeah she played uh, many many years yeah,
2: she, she she was uh, she was quite a lot in sweden I remember that.
0: yeah she was she was so she gave me lots of uh, you know incredible advices yeah. and of course Being a young girl, getting advices from Marta, I mean, it's everything I wanted. Um, So I never, you know, I never forget when she told me, like, okay, uh, you're Brazilian uh, with Swedish nationality already, speaks fluently Swedish, so just take the advantage to study as much as you can, and you know, just uh, graduate from university, and then you can take which way you want to work with football. And then I told her, of course, that my passion will be to work with male football, right? Um, even, even though, of course, we know the difficulties because of the culture down here. Yeah. Uh, but she encouraged me a lot. And so did my parents. Um, so that's why I went to Stockholm University. I graduated there in Latin American Studies, which is equivalent down here to international relations. Yeah. And... I'm not going to lie. It was actually a B plan as well because I was thinking, okay, let's say if, if I don't get lucky, you know, um, to one day work with my dream, of course I need a second plan and having a good graduation, of course, I will be able to work, I don't know, for multinationals and so on. So I had, I had that as a, as a second plan, because as a football player, you don't have time to study, especially when you come to a professional level. And it was when I came to a professional level that I got my injury uh, so, I mean, it was the right timing just to focus on my studies as well.
2: Everything happens for a reason.
0: Indeed, yeah. And then when I was studying, um, well, my first job in football was actually at season in Sweden. Right. Uh, yeah, so it was lots of writing and covering right. the Brazilian football with the latest news. Yeah. That time, Neymar still played for Santos. Ronaldinho yeah. was making his comeback in Brazilian Serie A. Yeah. Uh, it was fun, of course, because, you know, people noticed that I was fast. And I remember one day, when I wrote a new something, I don't know if, if it was uh, about Neymar or Santos FC. And then I remember I, I, you know, I posted my new before a goal.com and I was like, oh mm-hmm. my God. Okay, I think I'm fast. I think I'm good.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so that's For the sure. reason, you know,
0: I kept on. And I was like, yeah. okay, hmm, there is something here.
1: Right. Uh,
0: but, but then after a while I was like, oh, I don't like to just be sitting and writing ah, it's boring, it's not me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so then, uh, you know, I was speaking with lots of people around Sweden, and then I got the invitation of Eric Johansson, which is a former Swedish player, uh, to, enjoy, um, his, to enjoy his uh, Samba Football Academy, which mm-hmm. is a project uh, with children that we have in Sweden, in Stockholm right. especially, and... Um, to just show the, the right way in life, you know, uh, telling about sports, especially the Brazilian football philosophy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was a coach for this project nice. uh, for, for tr- children, boys and girls between yeah. nine and 17 years. Uh, during around two years, I was uh, in that project. And it was amazing, of course, an amazing experience, you know, to learn children. And, you know, we had so much fun. Um, But at the same time, uh, you know, since I was playing before, uh, this job and project was so important because I really noticed that, okay, I don't want to be on the technical side. Mm. And that's when all the former players, ever man or woman, actually takes the decision. Like, okay, am right. I going to follow the management in a way or the mm. technical part?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, so there was when I actually decided, okay, no, I want to be something more administrative and management, something like that. Right. Um, and then I took advantage of my communication skills. You know, I'm not okay, I was shy when I was a child, but then, you know, the culture, the environment just made me like not shy at all. So I actually contacted one of the biggest agents in Sweden. I just took my phone and I made a a short presentation and told him like, hey, I don't know where you are in this world, but please just let me know when you're in Stockholm so we can take a coffee because I want to speak with you. And he was like, hmm, what, okay. He thought actually that was that I was contacting him uh, to ask him to be my agent oh. because yeah, in his head I was still playing
1: because right, of course right.
0: after the call yeah. he he went for some references about me yeah. and, and then people told me oh she play for oh she plays for Hummer Beach. of course he, he thought yeah that. yeah
2: that's for her natural way yeah
0: yes of course and then I remember from nowhere. I don't remember if it was an email or SMS or a call, uh, but he told me, Hey, I'm going to be in Stockholm these days. So just let me know when you're ready for coffee. So he told me a day I went to the lobby of his hotel. We took a coffee and we started to speak and talk lots of football. And he got impressed. And then he was like, okay, you don't want me to be your agent. You want to work as an agent. Yeah. And I told him, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's cool. It's a cool profession. Yeah. Um, like dealing with big deals and players and, yeah. and traveling around the world right but i was like uh, i just want to to get some kind of uh, initial experience you know right
2: uh yeah,
0: yeah so he was amazing he, he actually presented me lots of people in sweden he he gave me like a, a different view of football Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I got my first, um, let's say, business view of football. Right,
1: right,
0: Yeah. And of course, as everybody, I had my first experience um, in, uh, okay, we, we never make, made it to the negotiation part, mm. but we made, I, I did everything before the negotiation. I mean, I found right. the player, I spoke with the players club. And that player was on loan from a Brazilian, a very big club in Brazil to Mm -hmm. a smaller one. So I I contacted this big club, I mean, I was, I think I was 17 or something that time. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I I got this player for free. I actually made it to a free loan uh, because the goal was to, to take this player to Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got a letter from the Swedish club and everything like in, in like an invitation letter with everything official. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, uh one day before the player was going to travel to Sweden, uh the Swedish club regret and chose actually a Swedish player because they didn't want a foreign player into that place. Yeah. So there was actually my first frustration in football <laughs> as a, as a football professional like outside of the pitch. Right. So this is the first time I'm actually telling this uh, this situation for a podcast because usually oh. I try to, to tell you know new things on every interview. Yeah. So this one is actually the first time I'm speaking in public about. Uh, but I think it's important you know to, yeah, to also you know explain and speak about the uh, the, the bad and negative things as mm-hmm. well. Because I I cried so much of frustration. I was so angry. I was like, how is this possible? And then I was actually speaking with different agents and they told me, you know, welcome to the team. Everybody says like that. And like, okay. (laughs) It's so it is. You, You took your first step. So just go on.
1: Yeah.
0: And then, uh, funny enough, I was like, okay, I don't want to be an agent
1: anymore. Right. You know, this,
0: this is not for me. I mean, eye-opener, opener, I, eye opener. <laughs> Yeah, my heart is not going to take this anymore. Like, yeah. one more situation like this, and I don't know what's going to happen. So right. uh, That's how I started to look back on the television and kind of journalism mm, again. Right. Um, and then I had another dream, like, hey, I want to be on TV one day, commenting football.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah
0: so um you know i got my first opportunity in 2018 for sport express um yeah so then i covered um the world cup 2018 the latin national national teams right um and it was uh, it was amazing i mean the 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 production and the makeup and everything (laughs) and and i felt so free you know right so yeah i had my first tv experience in sweden i think i was the first brazilian woman as well commenting on male football um and that that year was just amazing because i started the year in march with the brazilian national team in germany for the game between germany and brazil right um on the invitation of the technical staff so it was there I used to, I I got to meet lots of uh, journalists and former players and, you know, famous people. So I will actually say that my professional uh, journey in the football industry started in March 2018, uh, like in a high, high level, of course.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, because later on uh, in May, I got an invitation to Tunisia, to the ISMC, which is the International Sports Media Club, uh, only with CAF and AFC representants. So I I was the one actually from Latin America. Um, And I mean, I think I was 22. Uh, So it was like, okay, everybody over 30, 40. um, (laughs) Of course, mm, I think we were like three women or something. Right. Um, so, the, just the experience, I mean, really? to be in North Africa, people were speaking French and Arabic. Yeah. Uh, and from nowhere, I was in an environment full of, you know, with people from over 50 countries. And, uh, oh. So, like, the, that year was very dynamic. It started yeah. in Germany and then in Tunisia and then on the TV for Sport Express and right. then Russia for the World Cup and then Qatar. For yeah. almost one month, right and then uh, London. Actually, with the Brazilian national team against the game between Brazil and Uruguay mm. uh, at Emirates Stadium. Right. And so yeah, that <laughs> year was just uh, you know, so important to me because I was so into media, like TV, right. radio, TV, radio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I don't know. Something inside me just told me like. Uh, are you sure you want to do this are you sure this is your dream yeah and I was answering myself like yes and no yes and no (laughs) Uh, because I felt like oh how will it be to work for a big club to work Mm. for like something more executive something more you know in the management way
1: right
0: Um. so it was actually when I started to study a lot of Football club management, I took courses, and of course I did lots of courses before, years before, I was counting, yeah. performance analysis. Uh, because I wanted to, to you know, be well informed about everything. Right. Um, and especially if I once, you know, in my lifetime got the chance to work for a football club in an executive position. Mm. I want to be so respected that a man can come to me and speak regarding player you know, players' numbers, statistics, um, philosophy, and everything. And I I want to be able to answer and speak on the same level. Yeah. Uh, So 2019 was the year I kept on, of course, on TV, for TV4 in Swedish, covering um, Juventus, Atletico Madrid for the international... uh, I I don't remember the name of this uh, American-friendly tournament they They had once in a year.
2: Yeah, I think I think I know which one you you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't I don't recall the name of it though, but uh,
0: yeah, me <laughs> yeah. either. But but I we we got Juventus and Athletic Committee yeah, yeah. in Friendsarena.com Arena in Stockholm, and I covered right. that game. Yeah. Uh, and I did my first officially mix-up. You know, on that game, oh, it was cool. nice. Yeah. yeah. it was very cool. I mean, I had the Italian media on my yeah. right side, the Swedish, and you know, people from the whole world, and. Yeah. great players stopping by douglas costa cristiano uh yeah. you know that time Jean felix as well everybody yeah. That's
1: awesome.
0: um, yeah but then after that experience i was like ah i, I want to work for a football club or a big right. project Yeah. yes yeah, so 2019 was the year i got the opportunity the chance to work for double pass mm. Uh, yeah, and I I was joining the uh, Almeria project. Yeah. So I mean La Liga. I mean, doesn't matter if it's the first or the second division. I yeah. mean, it's a dream for everybody, especially right. because the the Saudi Sheikh just bought the club, so they really needed a reconstruction. Uh, we were like responsible to establish the new methodology methodology of the club philosophy.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: like start over everything with the professionals who were already working for the club, but right. we were able also to see, okay, the legs and how we could fill it in the best way.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, my buses were like, okay, FIFA and UEFA level. So it yeah. was like, okay, this is um, football university every day. <laughs> I mean, I was learning so yeah. many incredible things, you know uh scouting on the highest level you could imagine and player recruitment and football management you know everything yeah
1: Yeah. and
0: at the same time i was working for a belgium company for a spanish club owned by a saudi man (laughs) with egyptian board (laughs) and portuguese technical you know commission and you know in spain so and i'm brazilian (laughs) swedish brazilian yeah so (laughs) it was like hey okay uh this is the more mixed you know place i've ever been in before right
2: literally had the keys of every every country almost like in
0: yeah i mean i was speaking like swedish spanish and portuguese every day (laughs) english of course yeah Uh, and i started to learn a bit of arabic as well wow Yeah. yeah yeah very
2: difficult though no i can i can imagine and i mean like before i guess like going more into the you know your your uh, uh experience with sao paulo as well which i'm sure you are kinda of like leading up to right now but, but I, I think it's important as well because you're talking a little bit about you know first of all thank you for sharing uh you know all the story and also kind of like the, the good and the bad because i mean like that's part of the journey too and understanding like yes you're talking about okay my professional you know top level started there but it takes time you know like getting up to that point and you will have ups and downs and you will you know meet a lot of obstacles and challenges along the way and also a very key lesson which I think you 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 talked a lot about too because I think a lot of young people kind of like have like this you know they have like that that dream like I want to work for a club or I want to work for a league or I want to work for like agent or whatever right and then you kind of like have to try it out to see is it really something you want to do you know, and and, and that's just yeah. part of the the exploration phase of going into the sport industry. And yes, maybe you want to do football and that that's cool, but there's so many things that you can do, you know, in the industry that you have to kind of like try out. And that's why internships, you know, volunteering, you know, getting your foot in the door is so important because it's not just about, you know, getting that first job or boosting and getting your career, but it's actually about learning what you like and what you don't like and understanding, okay, what is actually... What is something that I'm really passionate about and that, you know, you want to do? But also as, as you were, you know, going with as well is, is that, you know, that passion and I guess that, that kind of interest changes over time too. Like, okay, now I want to try something different. Now I want to, you know, go a different angle and, and, but you're still in that universe, you know, that football, football universe.
0: Yes, of course. I think, especially in a young age, uh, yeah. you don't know what you want to become like in 10, 15 years. Right. So, of course, during the years, it will like feel okay, maybe I, I can do better here than there. So, yeah, um, yeah I was like, okay, you know, living this uh, daily routine all media with so high level professionals was like, huh, ah, okay, amazing. But then, 2019, the end of the year, yeah. the pandemic was already starting, okay. like in China and Europe. Yeah. And so, and also because of family issues, I I wanted to go back to Brazil and, Mm -hmm. you know, be there for a while, be there for a couple of months. And well, uh, in the beginning of 2020, many clubs down here uh, started to notice that I was around. So I actually got contacted by five clubs uh, on the Serie A and uh, São Paulo in specific. I got already contacted by the president in 2018. Like Mm -hmm. he was following me and seeing my journey and seeing like, okay, you're everywhere. You know lots of people. You have lots of knowledge. It's incredible how many, you know, how much football you're watching. Um, So when I had my first conversation with him, it was like, you know, it felt like a match.
1: Right, uh, right. Yeah,
0: because a lot of things, I mean, I didn't say in the beginning, but I'm not from Sao Paulo, the big city. I'm from Bragança Paulista, which is one mm. hour from here. Today, yep. they have Red Bull Bragantino, uh, as I said, our team as well. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it was just a match because I was like, okay, this is a football giant, mm. world-known club, right. uh, very close to my family. It's one yep. of the biggest cities in the world. Okay, you know, this is the place. And, of course, it was challenging, um, right. especially, you know, facing this pandemic. I mean, Brazil was chaos, unfortunately. Um, you know, everybody was afraid. Um, so I was very close to, you know, sometimes I thought about going back to Europe. But at the same time, I thought, OK, this, this is going to be maybe one of my biggest challenges. So, right. um, yeah, so I, I did all this analysis, family, uh, the moment pandemic everything and i did accept the offer last year yeah. uh in the beginning of 2021 yeah uh, as the head of the international department um which was wow it was an amazing year i mean it felt like months because everything went so fast
2: right right no i can imagine yeah. and i mean like you're talking about like some critical i mean like factors and decisions there that you have to make you know it's like uh, like obviously, the entire world got impacted by the pandemic, but it, but it's just like okay, well, are you close to your family? Like, where where like all these factors that is important for you in your life now? Does it make sense, you know, to to be a little bit closer or to you know be in Europe or like where does that journey take? And and, and also as you were talking about too, it's it's like finding that right match, you know, finding that right fit, and I think that's a very key uh, point of going into the industry as well now is is, it's not just about you know finding an organization to work with but of course like you know when you're kind of you know young and you kind of like have to start you you kind of like have to get get experience and that's part of the game but but once you start like realizing you know what what you like what you you know don't like what's kind of like your your angle it's important yeah. to take the time to sit down and, and, and really like, is this the organization that makes sense for me in terms of the values that I have? What's important for me in my life? How they operate? Like, are we on the same page? You know, because it's, it's exactly. about, you know, how you express yourself, how you develop yourself as a character and then keep evolving as a professional as well. And I think that's a very critical thing probably now more than ever as well because the industry is becoming so professionalized so it's important finding the the good fit and if you have the fit that's where you can provide the most value as well so it would would make sense
0: so true i totally agree with you and at the same time you will never know until you start and actually start to live the day the daily routine right and that's regarding all the companies all the football clubs and the environment so you just need to start somewhere and then see you know because the journey maybe the beginning it can be your dream and then we'll see okay maybe we're not at the same page maybe this is not what i want and it's okay i mean you only live once the the most important thing is actually to be happy that's why you know in every interview and so on i really try to to be Uh, Camila you know as natural as I can to tell the the reality because uh, it's not an easy journey I mean there is so many crazy things and difficulties and everything that happens but it's all about how much you really want it Um, so you know the the journey was amazing Um, you know I, I feel very very happy because I mean I had a, a dream that I wanted to become the youngest woman executive in uh in the uh, in Brazilian football.
1: Yeah.
0: And and I made it. So It's awesome. Uh, you know, if you if you notice everything I tell you here yeah. uh even since the beginning it's like okay, I want to be on television. I want to be in a radio. I want to cover a World Cup. And you know, I set up goals for myself. Yeah. And I make it happen. of course, during this make it happen journey, I got, you know, lots of no's, lots of doors closed in my face and people that actually didn't believe on me before. But, you know, it's all about reputation and how you work on it. Because it's like you say, it's a football industry. It's an industry. And you will get the credibility of the profession and the person you are. Yeah. Uh, after showing exactly who you are and that's why i make sure to always be myself in an interview in my you know daily routine or in my work uh you know stuff so yeah
2: it makes make, makes total sense and I, and again like i think it's very important what you're talking about here is it's not it is it wasn't just kind of like uh oh i just went from place to place to place to place everything was you know just green what do we say like green uh, you know like uh, green
0: roses
2: (laughs) right exactly red roses and blue skies you know happiness and uh, all this stuff there's a lot of hard hardship and a lot of hard work down the line too and and but but it's important as you were saying like you know putting down some solid goals you know working towards those and understanding that you know There are many ways to leading up to those goals and there's many pathways to find that, but you got to start and you got to like set those goals and work towards it. And yes, there would be, you know, ups and downs and challenges along the way. Um, And, and knowing like we, we, we dive into a lot of different things here. And I wanted to just stay a little bit with um, your work at Sao Paulo FC as, as the head of international department. So one, uh, what were some of your, I guess, like, tasks, some key lessons that you, you know, took from your journey. And then I wanted to talk a little bit about the, a little bit about the crypto side as well that you, that you got. But let's, let's talk a little bit about like some, 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 I guess, like some key tasks and some lessons you have learned along the way.
0: Yeah. You know, I had all the the international matters. So everything from the technical and management exchanges to institutional partnerships. For example, the Arab-Brazilian Chamber of Commerce deal uh, I closed last year with the help, I mean, not the help, but Cafu was a person who was there with us uh, on the day we presented it to the media and to the 22 uh, countries of the Arab League. And the reason I chose him was because, okay, not only because of uh his history as an idol of sao paulo fc and the brazilian national team raising the trophy in 2002 which is a historical moment but of course uh since he is one of the ambassadors of qatar 2022 world right. cup so uh, everything was very well thinking and you know we i had a me and the president we had a very good relationship already with the the brazilian arab brazilian chamber of commerce before Mm -hmm. Um, so the goal was of course to make special actions and so on for this world cup being the first one in the middle east and also to prospect new kind of businesses um, but but there it is where it involves lots of culture things. and you really need to have like a, a very good vision of the Arabic culture because uh, when we are speaking about that side of, of the world, uh, we have the Asian part and we have also the North African part, which is complete, completely different cultures and you know languages as well and visions. Um, and that's where I think my ability laid on, because, as I told you, 2018, I got lucky to, to went to Tunisia, and then yeah. I started my journey very close to the North African part, you know, with right. Egypt, Asia, Algeria, and so on. Uh, but at the same time, I really have a good connection and network on the Middle East part, so... Everything was a match and I could see it very easily together with the chamber. Mm. Uh, but but the way to convince people that maybe didn't know or have the same kind of vision, cultural vision, uh, made it a bit difficult, you know.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, and of course, the pandemic was making everything much worse because we couldn't you know, be traveling or meeting people. Mm. It was lots of restrictions and we were like, oh, goodness you know maybe we should aid and put it on hold a bit right
1: um
0: but it was amazing i mean of course sao paulo fc is already well known worldwide but at the same time it's not um people doesn't speak about sao paulo or the brazilian clubs as they should do like we speak down here about the european clubs you know ac milan Manchester city united and there is where the internationalization takes part i mean okay, it, it doesn't matter if, you know, São Paulo or Flamengo or Palmeiras because of something in the in the history.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, we should speak about these clubs in the world the same way we speak about Barcelona and Real Madrid. So mm. it's all about the internationalization, you know, uh, strategy to, right. to make this happen. So from nowhere, I mean, of course, after this closed deal, uh, the name of the club were like in you know, lots of... Uh, arabic media and people were speaking and talking about uh sao paulo fc and i really tried to to tell people you know uh in north africa and middle east that hey you, you should not remember kaka and Cafu, for example from milan you should remember them also from sao paulo yeah. you know right. so it was a it was a huge right. strategy uh, and we had of course edmilson and rai and lots of other players as well yeah yeah, yeah and then uh, you know a bit apart from the institutional part uh, i had a very close um, relationship as well with the youth academy because of course you can just imagine how many youth player we have uh, players we have down here so not all of them will make the transition unfortunately right. to the professional team so why should we maybe strain a rival a brazilian rival if we can maybe do uh, an international negotiation, uh, negotiation international deal and everybody will get something good from it like the player mm-hmm. the clubs and of course the agents so yeah you know it, it was involving very much this technical part
1: right
0: and uh, you know to find the right fit also for this player because maybe you take a player that have the, the the you know the skills and everything to play for um let's say La Liga but not a top team maybe a middle you know table team to to a small you know smaller clubs or maybe this player should fit better in Serie A Italy Italy or you know uh, so it was much about you know finding right clubs to not lost a very talented boy
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: so well it was involving you know everything that had with you know international matters and we wanted to make exchanges with our professionals to other clubs as well but unfortunately due to the pandemic it wasn't possible uh, so yeah and then i will of course tell you about more a bit more about the innovation technology part
2: well i mean like it's, it's been quite quite a journey so far and it's obviously a lot of a lot of different things to to touch upon and we will go straight like into the 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 crypto thing so one of the projects obviously you worked on at south Paulo fc as well was involvement in i guess in a sense the crypto world getting them their own token talk a little bit about i guess like that process uh you know what kind of value provided for you know the club and the fans and sort of like why why this was kind of like important i guess
0: Yes, sure. You know, I was already reading about the entire technological revolution in football during the pandemic. Yeah. And for the time I, you know, lived abroad in Sweden, you know, traveling around, I have like very good sources uh, that always helped me to get very like updated uh to the newest in football. So, when I saw that USA and Europe were were already starting this, uh, you know, crypto thing in football. I was like, "Hey, okay, what is it?"
1: Mm. So
0: when I first saw it, uh, and uh, you know, I saw the clubs uh, that were involved, I was like, "Okay, we definitely need to take it down here to Brazil." But of yeah. course, I didn't understand a lot of uh, how it was working because it's it is complicated, you know, especially if you're not from the crypto world.
1: Yeah. For sure. um,
0: yeah, so when I saw that it was actually uh, a guaranteed financial return, mm. and I started to link that to the number of fans that São Paulo has and the great sales potential uh, for the passion for the passion of the fans, of course.
1: Right. Uh,
0: I called the president. I mean, I, I, I took the just I took my phone and called the president. I say, hello, president. You know, I, I really need to tell you something, and I started to to speak and talk about you know, uh, NFTs and tokens and he was like, okay, what are you talking about? (laughs) And I just say, okay, you will not understand it over a call. It is complicated because I am still trying to understand how it really works. But one thing I actually can guarantee is that we are going to have like a fast, uh, financial return and it's going to sell. It's going to be a massive thing in the Brazilian football,
1: um,
0: and at that time, it was in April, between March and April last year. Yeah. And no, no club in Latin America have, had even, you know, started with that. Uh, so I wanted to be the first because Sao Paulo has a very good reputation in the history regarding the pioneerism and being first mm-hmm. on things. Right.
1: Uh,
0: and since we lost that for a while, I was like, okay, it's time to recover that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So he told me, okay, well, sure. I just told him, you know, but just believe me, and uh, let's let's try to do it. I mean, yeah. if we don't succeed, no problem. We're not lost any money,
1: right?
0: Uh, so, yeah. Uh, after that, I called the director of marketing, and he were you know talking with other companies about it, and I said, okay, but hey. Just give some attention to this one because it's the same that is making, uh, you know, great successful cases for great clubs. I think we are in the same level as, like, for example, Juventus and Sanerbach and these kinds of clubs. So right. hey, let's let's go this way. Yeah. And I presented him to the people I was speaking uh, with from the socials part.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah, and uh, it was very fun because, uh. You know, can you just imagine how it was during the pandemic here? We had like a different kind of levels and we were at the level purple, which is over the level red of, you know, attention. So we were Mm -hmm. not able to, you know, go outside, go to stores or everything. So, you know, and then you just jump into the crypto world, (laughs) you know, I couldn't even explain how it felt. And uh, but then the marketing director, he, he held some meetings until the deal was closed. Unfortunately, we were not the first club on it because it took time. Yeah. Uh, and then it, it's like I told you before, all, because of all this vision and, you know, it's very dynamic.
1: Right. Because
0: we are dealing with countries with different time zones. So in my point of view, if I want to close the deal, let's say with, I don't know, uh, Dubai, which is seven hours Yeah, Uh, you know, you know, I am seven hours before then I need to be awake on the business time in Dubai because I need them. I want to, you know, close the deals with them. Yeah. Um, And then we had three other big Brazilian clubs uh, closing the deal with Socios. So we became the fourth. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: in two hours, São Paulo sold 850,000 FAN tokens and we raised 1.7 million dollars. And so, of course, it was uh, incredible numbers. Yeah. Um, And then it proves what I told you just before, that the passion of the fans, of the supporters, of such a big and giant club is something we, as industry professionals, need to, you know, have a good vision on. Yeah. Because, you know, regarding the players, the supporters are, like, the most important things a club just have. Like, uh, we are nothing without the fans, we are nothing, without yeah. the supporters. So if we involve them, like fan right. tokens, of course you're able to to be there and not taking decisions, but you can, you know, uh, be a part of the final decision
1: uh, right. that
0: will be made so um that was the yes exactly because you need to activate and you know you make you you just need to 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 make your supporters to feel involved in your club like hey hello you are important for us so yeah come on let's you know all of us be a big team so the crypto thing started like that in in middle the middle of pandemic European clubs were doing mm-hmm. it I was like okay we have the same potential so I mean yeah. I'm speaking about I'm talking about 20 million supporters so yeah. no I mean like there's a lot of potential
2: there and, and I think you know another element as well that um, and i mean, like we'll touch upon that and I think in a sense going back to the next question but but in terms of I guess the expectations that fans have right in today situation they want to be more involved they, they want to feel like they're that they're part of something as well. And also not just because of, you know, their passion for the club and the team, but it's also about all the possibilities and distractions you have in today's market, you know, like there's so much going on. So you kind of like need as a club as well, to really appreciate your fans and do what you can yes. to activate them and understanding, okay, your opinion, your, uh, you know, your opinion matters and what your, and we appreciate that, you know, you support us and that, that's a, that's a key thing. And, you know, obviously you, you know, living across, you know, both Sweden, you know, Brazil, probably a lot of other places you've visited as well, (laughs) as as you've been saying, um, if you wanted to like, you know, provide, I guess, like some, some lessons you have learned along the way about the industry, but also, you know, Working, living in different cultures, what kind of you know lessons would you would you give people?
0: Yeah, well, since I was a child, uh, I have always been very adaptable. Like I told you in the beginning of our conversation, because well, we moved to a completely different country, uh, to the other side of the world, and well, since I grew up under a kind of uh, adaptation environment, I took that with me until today. So uh, it helps me a lot. I mean, I had also always been interested in learning languages. And of course, this has given me a huge advantage in terms of always being able to communicate wherever I am. So I think that these are the, the, key, the keys of, uh, of everything today mm-hmm. that I know, like if I travel wherever I want to, or if I am with somebody from wherever country this person is, I will be able to communicate. And that's why I, you know, said to myself, okay, I, I just need to learn as many languages as I can. And, you know, if I'm not able to make more than five, six, at least I want to, you know, have some kind of understanding. Right. Um, and like I'm telling you a couple of times here as well, it's very important to, you know, not be shy, but at the same time, uh, to observe um uh, you know just pay attention to things mm-hmm. um i mean the sky is the limit especially in our industry definitely yeah. so i'm incredibly grateful for everything i learned in sweden and the education system which i know unfortunately is not the same in brazil uh, but i mean i learned english by myself you know listening mm-hmm. to music and watching movies you know yeah. i put everything in English and then the subtitle as well. Right. Uh, Spanish because it's very close to Portuguese. But I studied three years in uh, in high school in Stockholm as well. Yeah. And then I I was lucky to study French because you know in Scandinavia we have of course our first language which should be the Norwegian or Swedish and then you have English and then you, you choose a third one in school. Right. Uh, so I I choose actually French. So I was fluently speaking, but of course, I, have, I haven't been practicing for over 10 years, so I forgot a lot. Um, so the last one is not French? <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't speak yeah. French either, so I are good. <laughs> don't um.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it's all about, you know, the kind of lessons. Um, right. The football industry is so multicultural. So I mean, if you speak English, if you're not shy, if you want to work, I mean, the is the limit, just go for it.
2: hundred percent. And I mean, like talking specifically about the football industry, if you wanted to provide like some tips, you know, for students, you know, looking to, to get a job in the football industry, obviously talk about, you know, being adaptable, you know, being open, uh, what kind of other, you know, I guess, key specific tips would you, would you provide them?
0: Yeah, the first thing is studies in general. Also, like I told you before, uh, I had a, sec, a, a B plan Not because I knew the B plan will be, you know, uh, needed. But at the same time, just to have general uh, knowledges. And secondly, studies in football in general. You know, if you want to be a manager for a football club, you should take a scouting performance analysis course. You should, you know, Mm -hmm. study regarding the referee and, you know, rules during the games and study national teams and clubs and leagues and everything. Uh, I took also a very short law. Uh, course i don't know anything about the law as you know that these sports rights but at at least if a lawyer you know speaks with me i i will understand what he's saying yeah Uh, and also one very important thing is to watch football as much as you can because it's important to watch different leagues because it you know if you just read books and you are studying and taking courses but you don't have the practical part which is difficult, of course, because the person can say, hey, okay, but I don't work in the football industry, so how can I get the practical practical part? Yeah, you yeah. can watch games, you can go to games, you can ask football clubs to watch training like live. Yeah. Um, and you just need to prepare, of course. So that's my third tip. And then the fourth one, but the most important of it all, is the networking from day one. From yeah. the day you decide, okay, I want to work with football one day you will get one hundred thousand of no's you will get people that will not even want to listen to you uh you know you will have so many doors closing but oh. after every no and after you know door closing you should just take a deep breath and say okay next one will open because i can do it so just believe in yourself and yeah. i know i always speak about like just send messages to people. Present yourself, yeah. but you you need to show everything I told you before. Right. You need to show football knowledge, knowledge in general, because people, you know, it's not all about football. It's about people. It's about yeah. environments and cultures, and also watch football as much as you can. Be updated.
2: Hundred percent. I mean, I like, with that, it's just a just a perfect way to to wrap up the podcast and. Uh, you no, know, I would like to, you know, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time and for, uh, you know, sharing your, your story, your, your insights, all your tips that you have. And, and it's going to be an interesting journey as well. You know, following where you're going, going next. And for those of you, of course, that have been in all the way at the end, you know, make sure to like the video, subscribe as well. If you haven't, and of course, sign up at SportingGlobal.com, you know, to make sure you start building network, connecting with the right kind of people, finding relevant job opportunities in the industry, you know, internships, volunteering, part-time, full-time jobs. And of course, you know, as Camilla was talking about as well, increasing your knowledge with access to some of the top programs in the world, you know, offering sport-related programs. So make sure to check that out if you haven't already. And um, Camilla, I don't know if you are aware, but on the podcast, we kind of like have a tradition or like a challenge that we do to every guest. So, you know. It might be a little bit easy for you, though, because you, you lived in Sweden, so might be a little bit easy for you, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. So essentially, uh, your challenge is that I have to teach you a little bit Norwegian.
0: Oh, wow, amazing.
2: <laughs> so with every video we do, we always finish with vi snakkes, which means see you later in Norwegian. So that's what you have to say. Vi snack- Vi
1: <laughs> <No>.
2: <laughs> perfect easy you know like it is a little bit cheating when you when you live in sweden for so long
1: just, just a little just.
0: bit just <laughs> a little bit yeah thank you so much and thank you so much everybody for sporting global i really enjoyed it I'm following you guys and I really want everybody who's listening to us to follow them as well for great content. And thank you so much and <laughs> touch.
1: <Also. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, Camilla.
0: Thank you, bye bye. Bye bye.